Hi, boys and girls. This is Ms. Kathy. I'm so happy you've joined me today for another story just for you. Close Call by Edna Crike. Dad and Everett had just finished breakfast and they sat relaxing for a few minutes, neither one saying much. Then Dad, as was his custom, read a few verses of scripture and they knelt to ask God's blessing on the day. There was nothing unusual about this particular morning. Even Mother's parting remark caused no special notice, for every morning she sent her husband and son to work with the admonition, Be careful today, boys. Don't take any chances. Everett stepped into the Model T Ford and started the engine. Dad climbed in beside him. It seemed that most of Everett's 15 years had been spent at the wheel of a car or on the controls of a donkey engine or on some other piece of machinery. He loved machinery and was thoroughly at home in a car with one hand on the wheel and the other on the throttle. The mile between home and work took father and son down a long hill, past several attractive homes, across the main highway and the railroad tracks, and through a wooded lane to the edge of the smoothly flowing Columbia River. Several hundred yards along the bank brought them to the mill. It was a familiar route. They hardly noticed their surroundings any more. They even had the railroad schedule memorized and lost little time worrying about the trains. The busy morning passed quickly. About 10.30, Dad called to Everett, who was busy with a job at the water's edge. I left some tools at home that we're needing now, he said. Will you go home quickly and get them? They're on the back porch. Everett left his work and drove off through the wooded lane leading to the road. Dad and Mr. Close, the hired man, continued to work, talking now and then. Mostly, however, they were absorbed with their tasks and concentrated their attention on them. Suddenly, there was the piercing, wailing scream of a steam whistle. Mr. Close, who had worked for many years for the railroad company, dropped his tools and shouted in alarm, Someone has been hit at the crossing! Both men started a dash toward the railroad crossing. The woods obscured their view, and it seemed to them that their legs had turned to soft rubber. The thought that loomed so large in their minds was, Everett was due back here just at this time. Anxiety drove them on, but fear gripped them. When they came out of the woods, they could see the tracks. Across the tracks were scattered fenders, a hood, a car body, and various smaller parts of a car. Yes, it was the Model T Ford. Everett had gone home, picked up the tools, and was hurrying back toward the mill. As he approached the railroad tracks, he had given the usual quick glance east, then west. Just as he decided all was clear, the morning local had rounded the bend, approaching the crossing full throttle but with no warning whistle. Those were not the days of four-wheel brakes. At best, one did little more than chug to a stop in a methodical way. Everett applied all the brakes the little Model T afforded. With a sickening feeling at the pit of his stomach, he noted his chances but hoped and prayed for a good outcome. Then it seemed the danger was over. He had managed to come to a halt at the very brink of certain death, for there were the drivers of the big engine passing by a few feet in front of his bulging eyes. He gulped and was just beginning to feel better when suddenly his world went mad. So narrowly had he missed being on the tracks that, as the baggage coach passed, the step that extended just a few inches beyond the sides of the coach caught the bumper of the car. At this point, the train had barely begun to slacken its speed. It dragged the car along the tracks and shook it to pieces. A kindly British gentleman who lived beside the tracks had been working in his rose garden that morning and had watched the whole frightful episode. 
He knew the boy from seeing him pass the house every day, and his heart went down into his shoes as his mind grasped the significance of the scene before him. Then, as the rolling, twisting car came close to him, before his unbelieving eyes outrolled its lone occupant. The wreckage passed on and left Everett lying on the ground, but only for a few seconds, for this frantic 15-year-old boy started running wild-eyed up the tracks toward the mill. The man who had watched it all dropped his hoe and sprang forward, catching at Everett's sleeve. "'Sit down, son,' he said gently. "'You are all right now.' Shortly thereafter, the frenzied father arrived, followed closely by Mr. Close, and then the engineer, visibly shaken, swung down from the cab of the engine. They all gave Everett a quick examination and found only two small cuts on his left leg. As the engineer turned to go back to his post of duty, he stopped, patted Everett's shoulder, and said reverently, "'My boy, there is someone looking after you besides your mother and father.' Dad and Mr. Close agreed with a fervent amen. Many years have come and gone since that fateful encounter with the steam locomotive, years during which Everett, my husband, has had many occasions to praise the Heavenly Father for his never-failing protection. The story you have heard today is from God's Greatest Stories, written by various authors and compiled by Randy Fischel, and used with permission from the Pacific Press Publishing Association. If you're interested in any other books published by the Seventh-day Adventist Church, please visit AdventistBookCenter.com or call 1-800-765-6955. This podcast is a production of the Carolina Conference of the Seventh-day Adventist Church.